Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome. Thanks for being here. How is everyone doing? Happy Thursday. AFC, NFC championship game coming this weekend. How about them Chiefs? Sixth straight AFC championship game. I know most people think this is the end of the road for them this week. Ravens are going to beat them. Um, I believe otherwise. You know, you put, I believe you put Patrick Mahomes on the road as an underdog. No pressure, nothing to lose. I think they go back to the Super Bowl this year. That's my call, and I'm putting it on tape. <laughs> uh Fingers crossed, right? You know, this year, uh, and lately, I should say lately, uh, I felt a little bit scattered in the hobby. Um, I put a plan together last year, called a few audibles. Uh, you know, I started, you know, January, I had this plan of, you know, the, all these RPAs I wanted to buy between, you know, January and the national. And then I, I figured now this, this is, this is not the way I want to go. And I dropped and I went to different cards. Um, you know, so I, I called some audibles. Um, I executed, I, I really executed that plan. Well, uh, between January and August last year, uh, buying graded football on the cheaper side when the market was down holding till the market surged in June, July, August, and moved it all, right? Um, and it worked. It worked because most players, the the value of, you know, most of those cards that I bought went up. Um, some some stayed the same, but, you know, I never lost any money on it. You know, it, it, maybe a few stayed the same, but most went up. And it's just it's just the nature of, of the hobby, right? Just just that that ebb and flow, that, that roller coaster, you know, where prices are up, prices are down. So it just made sense to do that, just to buy those cards, hold them and sell them when the, when the time was right. Uh, I did, however, discover the biggest profits and the easiest profits. And I've talked about this was just acquiring raw cards and grading them. Um, this year, the flip game margins have been slim at best. Uh, and even trying to buy, you know, in lots going out and saying, I want to buy these four five, six, eight cards, um, trying to buy them, you know, it, it really seemed good at the time, the percentage is buying them, but when it comes time to sell them, right, the patterns that I see, the majority of people buying you know, it, you know, it used to be, oh, you know, 90, 85. Now, you know, people will tell you, like, I, people will 
you guys will message me saying, oh, I get 90% on every card that I sell. And, and that's fantastic. That's fa And if I could get 90% on every card that I sell, that would be perfect because I could buy it 80, buy it 80, sell it 90, and I can make 10% on every single card, right? Or better. But it just generally doesn't work out that way. Uh, most of the time, the people are there wanting to buy that. And I, I mean, it's like beating a dead horse, right? I, I say this all the time. And those people are just looking for as much margin as they can to go take it and sell it to somebody else. So this year, my plan, right? I talked about this. My plan this year is to acquire raw and grade, right? Uh, interesting thing when trying to change lanes in the hobby. And you start going back and doing things that you already know don't make a lot of sense. And for someone like me who have, creates content and I'm, I'm doing this and I've talked about it, you know, I could go back. I mean, this is season four and I could go back to season one and season two. And, and some of the things I'm going to bring up today are some of the things I talked about then. Right. So it's, 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 you know, you want it, you're trying to change lanes and you're trying to say, okay, I think this is really going to work, but you know, those old hobby habits, they're hard to break. Right. Uh, and, and, and they just keep coming back. I mean, those, they're easy to fall into. They're, they're definitely easy to fall back into, uh, because in order to transition, you know, you need to take right. The knowledge that you gained from being in these lanes before, uh, and figure out a way to have them make sense. So once you've already done this or I've already done it and said, oh my God, that doesn't work because A, B, C, or D, right? And I'm not talking about grading the cards. I'm talking about acquiring the cards, right? The, 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 the idea of getting these cards raw and grading them, right? That, that's a perfect idea. And everybody agrees. There's not one person that said, you know, any of this content that I put out and said, Ken, that's a dumb idea. Don't ever do that. Nobody says that. Everybody agrees. You know, the most profits you can get is in grading cards. Uh, and that's why, you know, you're sending I'm sending the stuff off to PSA and it's taking months and months to come back because everybody's doing it. Right. It's it just just makes sense to do. But acquiring acquiring those cards right? Going out and, and getting those raw cards. It's tough to do it, you know, without falling back into some of those, those, you know, do I say bad habits or just those habits that, you know, it just doesn't make sense, you know, doing things that don't make sense. I mean, some positives when buying raw cards, right? Uh, I'm able to go back to online auction sites, and buy raw cards. I know a lot of people, a lot of people I talk to, you know, talk about being on whatnot and things like that and just buying singles here, there. Um, I can honestly say I haven't done it yet. And people are probably shaking their heads like, oh, you fool. And people tell me all the time to do it, but I, I get on there and then I get in and I never get into the right rooms, right? I never find my way into where really I'm supposed to get into. Uh, or, or I get sidetracked in something else that I, I become mesmerized and it's, you know, next day I know it's an hour later. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be buying cards, but I've been watching these guys open up these boxes or, or whatever they're doing. Right. Um, so, uh, I'm able to go on, right. I, there's definitely value there. And I feel like I'm a pretty successful sniper you know, on, on, on these online auction sites. 
and uh, I'm pretty persistent in making offers. And there's there's think there's times, and I'm sure this is. I spend a lot of time, you know, perusing through eBay all the time. Looking, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm looking up, you know, comps there. I'm getting comps there, but I'm, I'm always looking at, you know, for cards. I have, you know, like we all do. I have uh, save, save searches. They notify me this is available, that's available. You know, so I'm always, and you know, once you, once you go look at one thing, you have to look at. 25 other things. So it, it becomes this whole process online. And for a while, the only things I was buying online were just my PC stuff, anything I could find with the PC stuff. And this year it was a nice change for me to go back and be able to start buying, you know, some raw cards from the, uh, you know, Don, Don Russ and Prism, you know, when it came to football, you know, just starting to find some raw cards again and not buying them all and, and just trying to snipe in and identify, become great with the clock, right? This, you know, 24 hour clock, the 18 and 19, you know, when these things are ending uh, to, to try to figure out, cause I kind of stay up late, you know, so try to figure out sometimes, uh, these auctions are ending at, you know, 1230, one in the morning when, you know, East coast people aren't, you know, most people on the East coast are in bed by then. Right. So I'm just battling with West coast people and some things that I see that are going to end at three or four in the morning. I, I find a lot of people, they don't, they don't put bids on anything until just like me until the very end. So something may stay, you know, and, and I'll throw this out there. I can pretty much tell, uh, when something is getting shilled, when five minutes to go, these bids start flying in where like, if somebody really wanted this, they just would have waited the five seconds to go to throw that bid on. They're not going to throw, you know, move, move the number up over, you know, a couple hundred dollars with five minutes to go. They would just wait to the end. So, so something like that, when I start to see the stuff, you know, flying up, I, I just back out. I know that, uh, the, you know, somebody's going to overpay, you know, um, on that card, but it's been pretty good for me. You know, I've been going through some cards. I see people, you know, I have a lot of safe searches stuff pop up. Some people just don't know the value of their cards. You know, some cards that, you know, are selling for $70, $80. Somebody puts up a 35 or 45 or $40, buy it now. And I just jump right on it. You know, I'd be quick. I make sure I read everything that it's not talking about it being damaged. And this person's got some, you know, good feedback, you know, there's a lot of things you got to look at in a very short amount of time because I'm competing against other people when they put it up. And the one card I just got the other night, uh, it was uh, um, Anthony Richardson, uh, green, true green prism card. The guy put it up for $35 or buy, you know, buy it now or best offer. And I'm like 35 and I looked through the whole thing. And I bought it immediately and he responded back and he said, wow, that was quick. Did I sell that too cheap? <laughs> what am I supposed to say? You know, I'm just hoping it ships, right? I received that card today. It came today in the mail and it, the card looks beautiful. Absolutely gradable card. Um, so yeah, I mean, just getting little deals like that again, it's, it's you know, it's a little bit fun. Uh and it becomes with the singles, it becomes like a whole new hobby within the hobby, right? Not only for this, these online raw cards, right? And, and I mean, I know there's downfalls to buying these, these, 
you know, these raw cards. I mean, I understand, you know, no matter how much you blow things up and look, because it's happened to me. Like I've gotten a couple cards, you know, that I paid, you know, probably close to comps or around comps or slightly under and the card comes and, you know, there's, there's a little dimple on the card or something. And then I just reach out to the person and, you know, I say, Hey, you know, I've got this card and, and, I'm looking at the picture that you put up there and it's an angle that doesn't show this dimple. So what can we do here? Like you knew it was there. I knew it was there and other ones that come and there'll be, there'll be a mark on the card and I'll be like, Oh, I'll go back and then I'll look at the picture closer. I'll be like, Oh yeah, that mark was there. All right. So, you know, I see what I can do, see if I can wipe these marks off or whatever. And if it makes sense and if it doesn't, then you know what? I can just sell these cards too. I can take these cards out to a show, put them in a box and sell them uh, as is. And, you know, people will ask sometimes. I was just at a show this weekend with a, with a card, with a CJ Stroud rookie card. And the guy picked it up and he's like, oh, why wouldn't you grade this? And I said, well, it's got a mark on it. He's like, oh, oh let, me, let me see. Where is it? You know, so, I mean, I'm going to tell the, tell the people because people know, I know if I show up and I see a card, most people grade cards, right? If a card looks like good enough to grade, most people are going to send it out to grading. So that's another thing that it turns into a hobby within a hobby because it lets you, it allows me to go out and start digging through singles boxes, which I never did before. And I talked about, I never wanted to do it. Now I'm finding it to be a little bit more fun now uh, because then I'm, now I'm starting to find things that I never even knew existed. Not that I'm not, I'm buying them or, not, you know, not that I'm buying them, but all of a sudden I see something from a set and I'm like, what is this set? Right. And then I either, you know, take a picture or a mental note and then I'll go back and look it up to see what this set was. So it's a set that I, I never even knew existed of say from a TV show or a movie or something like that. So it's just kind of cool that, you know, come across things that you didn't know existed either. And, you know, dig, like I said, digging through those single boxes at the shows. Uh, doing that for me, going to some of these shows uh, has become a little bit more fun uh, because I'm not leaving empty handed. Uh, and that was starting to become a pattern uh, for, for, for me going to shows, you know, trying to buy in, buy into slabs and, you know, say, okay, like I'm interested in this card, you know, this is, you know, can you take this? Can you take that? And going back and forth. So, you know, probably, over the last year, I talked about getting a lot of these cards and being, you know, happy with the prices. And now more recently going out and trying to buy these, you know, graded cards, these slabs is just haven't been able to get, you know, because everybody, I mean, there's, you know, we talked about, you know, the margins being so slim, like it doesn't make sense to me to go through all this, to put all the, to put the money out there to buy the card to make eight dollars or ten dollars or twelve dollars or you know it, it just doesn't because i only have so much room in my case right so uh, i talked about wanting if i'm buying cards i want to buy cards that are more liquid i want cards that i know if i put in my case that people are really going to want them and they're going to sell in the next couple of shows and i can just keep you know, turning over my case so that I'm not sitting there with stale cards that people are coming up and seeing the same card show after show after show and saying, oh, yeah, I still got that card. And I've been through that. I've had those cards in my case and people come up and they know me immediately. They'll look in, they'll be like, they'll look up and they're like, oh, yeah, you were at the Bubba show. I remember this card. And I'm like, well, that's not good. 
you know, <laughs> you want people to remember you, but not by the stale card in your case. So, uh, it, it, it's because it was harder and harder for me to leave. Uh, and, and he almost felt like I came all this way. I should buy something. Uh, and then when you start thinking that way, you're like, you know what? I really need to start thinking this. Like, you, you know, you feel like when you were a kid and you're at the store and you didn't want to leave, you're like, you didn't care what you were going to get. You're like, mom, buy me something. Right. I just, I want something. And when you get to that, you get to that point, you're like, okay, you know what? I need to rethink this a little bit more because because doing this and 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 getting that thought in your mind that I don't want to go home empty handed. I, I want to go home with something that is that usually is a recipe for disaster there. So attending shows have been much more fun. Right. Uh, I'm not leaving empty handed. I'm digging through boxes. I'm finding things. And probably the best part, most of all, is lower risk, higher reward. Right. I'll say it again. Lower risk, higher reward. Buying the raw cards, not risking, you know, because I'm generally you're buying the raw cards either at comps or, or under comps on the raw card. Right. Um, and, and I want to say, as I say that, I can't tell you how many. You know, very, very expensive, like two to three K cards that I purchased graded. Right. And I sat on them because the market came down, the money stays dead, and it doesn't come back into play until I sell the card, until I break a, that card out, right? So in this one here, lower risk, I'm buying the card. You know, I, I'm able to look at it right here the best I can to see if there's any marks on the card, to see if the card would grade well. Um, Sometimes you come across a card that that I'll say, you know what, I'm not even going to grade this card, but I may just drop it in a one touch and drop it. Maybe there's a nice patch in the card or something like that. So it doesn't have to come down to the card needs to be like it's going to every card's going to gem and that's the only card I'm going to buy. But because there's cards out there that that aren't being graded and are sold raw too. So I'm happy to buy it if I know if I put it in my case that I'll be able, that I'm not going to lose money on it. And more importantly, I'm going to make a little money on it. And on something that I want to grade, I'm going to look at it the best I can. I need to relook at it, you know, with the my equipment I have at home, you know, to really know for sure. But, you know, if it passes, you know, checks most of the boxes while I'm standing there, you know, I'm happy to buy the card. And one of the things uh, and I've done this on the other side of the table, selling cards is if you're buying a, a number of cards, I'm going to throw you a deal anyways. Right. And that's what I've noticed on the other side, on the other side of the table. So you're digging through a box and it's say, you know, it's a $5 box or a $10 box of cards. Uh, and you pull out four or five cards, uh, on the $10, I pull five cards out. I'll say, what can you do for these? Usually they'll say 30, 35, you know, maybe 40. I've been to a couple tables where they'll be like, no, it's, it's 50 and that's it. Um, okay. All right. So maybe I might just put these two back and take these three instead if, you know, but to me, those three cards are definitely worth the $10 and I'll take them home. I'll reinspect them. And if they're good enough, I'm going to send them off to grading low risk, high reward. The, you know, the work. The best that could happen is that they gem, right? The worst that happened, they come back a nine. Like I, I really, I haven't had any, 
I've had some cards come back eights that I knew had problems, but most of those were my PC cards that they weren't cards that I was reselling. Um, with the hockey cards, I had a couple eights come back, uh, and I don't know why they came back eights because they, they looked so good. So there's always that something could come back an eight, but most of the time they're nines or tens. And, and, you know, it's easy enough to know on a particular card, right? It's easy enough to say if this card was a nine, a PSA nine, I mean, what, if there's another one out there, I could look it up right away. Okay. The PSA nines are selling say at $60, right? The PSA tens are selling at $200. Well, if I'm buying the card at 10 or $15 and it's cost me $15 to, to, to take a shot at grading it, if it comes back a nine, right? I could double the money and it comes back at 10, you know, it's four or five Xing it. So right there, low risk, high reward. Not every card is like that, right? Uh, I, I'll say that right now. Um, but some of them, some of them are like that. Some of the prices work out that way and, you know, gets you, gets me excited, you know, gets the blood flowing saying, here we go. Let's, this thing can gem, you know, this, this could be a very profitable little card. You know, PSA is offering grading deals now too, as low as, you know, $14.99 for grading. So that works on the grading end of it. Uh, $5 less than, well, if you're part of the club, right, which I've been, you buy into the club, but, you know, and even $5 less on those, you know, I don't have to do the math. It just makes sense. I mean, it's just low risk and it makes sense, you know, with the plan, with this plan, right? Come some of those downfalls. Uh, if everything I just talked about was everything I was doing, right? It'd be easy, right? Be like, man, this guy, Big Ken, he knows what he's doing. I mean, that everything just sounds perfect, right? But there's a but. Yes, there's a but. Because it's easy when you're running in the singles game to say, hey, let's start buying some wax. Because we know how much Big Ken loves to rip those wax, those boxes, right? Loves to open up those packs of cards, right? So you start buying in. So it's like, all right, new prisms out. The Don Russ was out. Few of those. Got a few of those. The prism came out. Buying some prism blasters and the prism megas. And you start realizing, yeah, I've been down this road before. And if you're not lucky, if you're not super lucky, uh, those boxes just aren't making sense. Um, and you also have to realize, you know, with Panini, uh, that they produced twice as many boxes this year as last year with virtually the same amount of hits. Um, and if you've ripped open a blaster or a handful of blasters or three or four blasters and you, you know, you know, these things, you say, wow, it's $30. It's low risk, right? Maybe you can get $10 or $12 worth of, you know, you can make half your money back, but that's true. But is that really what you're opening the boxes for? Or are you opening the boxes because you want to hit, you know, a Stroud prison, prism silver, or Anthony Richardson prison silver, or, you know, some other cards in there. Um, and there's really not a lot of cards that fetch a lot of money. So as you're ripping them open, there's very few cards that you're, you're really hoping to pull out of there. Right. And, and, you know, what does that remind me of? It reminds me of the breaks. Right. And, and yeah, I, that too, for me, 
said, why don't I jump into a few breaks? You know, like try swinging a little, swinging a little harder, right? Try to try to swing for the fences a little bit. Yeah, you know, I jumped into a number of Prisma Hobby breaks and and I, I had an episode on, I don't know, four episodes ago saying that, you know, the uh, the, the new Prism hobby sucks. And and I jumped into breaks with some top tier teams and completely struck out and was just shaking my head at the hit cards that came out. I mean, I was in a break that opened two, two uh, Prism hobby boxes and people will tell me, I get response from people all the time. They're like, Oh, don't open boxes. That's, you know, that's just a waste of money. Get into the breaks. But, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm buying, maybe I'm getting into the wrong hot and the wrong product, but you know, Prism is supposed to be, you know, like, like the working man's hobby box, right? Uh, it's the one that most people, you know, when those cards are graded a year or two, two years, three years from now, those, you know, it's, it's, it's the card that has the higher pop count, but the one that everybody wants, right? Some of those, uh, you know, different inserts and the, and the silver prisms and things like that. It's just crazy what Panini has put in some of these boxes for the hit cards. And, and if you, and if you, if, I mean, I guess if you know, you know, and if you don't, you can go out to YouTube, you can go jump on and, and watch some breaks. You know, I, I watched I watched somebody who the breaks that I watch and they had a whole case and they were ripping two boxes at a time. And I said, I'm just going to sit back to see, you know, how well this goes. And every time they were doing it, when they were done, they're like, oh, man, these dude, we, we got four left or we got six left. And, man, you know, you know, the box, the, 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 the box of fire is coming. There's one of those boxes that's going to, you know, it's just going to be full. And everybody kept buying back in and it got to the end of the case and it never got any better. Um, and then I look at think of the money I threw into the break and I'm like, geez, I should just be buying the cards with that money, you know, being being more focused and not swinging for the fences. But again, it's those old hobby habits that are hard to keep away, right? Uh, I When I got into the hobby, when I jumped back in, it was opening up boxes and it was opening up boxes of baseball. That's, a, you know, the the Bowman Megas is where, where you know, back in 2020, I started opening up the, the Bowman Megas, right? So uh, loved it, realized that, you know, it didn't make much sense finance financially, but I love doing it. And it's so exciting to do. And, you know, as much as I say everything I have coming from target, I have prism megas and prism blasters coming. Uh, I have, I pulled out a number of cards that I've that are off on their way to, or at PSA now, um, that I'm hoping that will grade very well, you know, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard to tell, you know, in the time period between now and I mean, all we can do is speculate who's going to be hot come June, July and August. And that's it. And and hopefully these cards will come back and hopefully that the pop count come June, July and August isn't like so massive that, you know, the cards are selling by people. And you know what happens, you know, all of a sudden everybody's everybody's graded the same cards and now people are putting them on ebay and they're like oh well there's 75 of these 
PSA 10s for sale and this guy's selling it for 800 and 700. Well, I'm just going to sell mine for 500 or 400 or 300. And it's just all of a sudden it's the race to zero, right? It's a race to the bottom where people are just trying to say, oh, let me just sell this as fast as I can. So we don't know. We don't know who the, who it's going to be, uh, if they're going to hold their value or not. I mean, it's all, we're just taking a chance on it really, uh, basing, uh, basing what we're doing right on the past, right? Looking back last year, the year before, the year before that, trying to compare players, see what happens in the playoffs, what happens in the Super Bowl, what happens afterwards, and what what happens with people as we go into the next year when people kind of get away from it and then they're watching, they're, they go through the basketball playoffs and they're in the uh, watching baseball and even the hockey, right? Through the hockey playoffs and then boom, now we're all focused back on football again and who's it going to be? Who is the who are the hot guys? Well, we know when Stroud is going to be one of them, obviously. But who are the other guys going to be? I mean, that's that's what we're working on, right? That's what we're trying to we're trying to hit it right. Uh, you know, I, I always have to say this, and I, I and I laugh when I think about this, and maybe you will, maybe you won't. But you know what? When that was those breaks start, if you get in a brace, you're like feeling super lucky. You're like, let's go, we're gonna get something. Like I got a good feeling about this. And then at the end, you're like praying for a miracle and somebody's yelling last pass, last pack magic. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, uh, I got to shut this off. You know, as soon as, as soon as that last card comes out, you're like, hit the X on the computer screen. You're like, damn, you're like, what a waste. <laughs> but um, and even buying some graded cards. Right. That's a little bit of a downfall. It's a little bit of a, a setback for me. You know, I talked about this in my last episode that I was trying to buy, you know, a couple of Mahomes downtown and they were graded. They were both PSA 10s. Right. And and, you know, as much as I put a plan together where I'm buying raw and I'm grading and this is how it's going to work out, like all of a sudden this sub plan comes in my head. Right. Uh, you know that I'm going to, you know, buy these two cards, I'm hoping they're going to beat the bills, you know, two days later. Or the next night, I'm sorry, that was Friday, so Saturday night, and then I'll take both of those to Atlanta, and I'll sell them both to, both in Atlanta this week and at a profit, right? Not part of any plan that I put together this year, um, but when you get to a show and you start thinking, like, the thoughts in your mind, they 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 take over, right? They're like, well, here's a new plan. We're going to have a plan within a plan within a plan. Right. And, and, you know, we're going to have three, we're going to have three plans going at once. And the short-term plan is just going to be for one week and then everything else. And it really doesn't make any sense because if the chiefs lose Saturday night, then, you know, where does that card go? You know, do they stay where it is? And it possibly may come down. It may be a card I would have had to sit on. So maybe the guy did me a favor by not selling me that card. I mean, after I started thinking about it this week, I said it's probably better off it didn't work out that that he didn't he didn't sell me the card. Even though if he, if I would have gotten the card at the price I wanted it, it you know it probably would have worked out. Um, the bottom line is, you know, with the hobby, and it seems to me like. I hobby like I drive, right? So I get on the highway, I'm in and out of lanes, I'm exceeding the speed limits. I'm, you know, I'm like kind of a little bit all over the place. And I kind of felt like I was, I was hobby, I'm hobbying like I'm driving, right? That, that I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place and I'm trying to, you know, focus and, and, and come back in. Um, 
And I think one of the best things is being a content creator, you know, it's helped me continue to refocus what I'm doing in the hobby. You know, it's one thing in your mind to, to you know, make it make sense to think about it. And regardless of how bad it went, you're like, well, you know, maybe next time it'll go better. Like you, you think that in your mind, but it's another thing, you know, when, you start creating content around it and you start talking about it and putting it out there. And as you're saying it, you're like, Oh man, I, I, I need to smack myself. Right. So sometimes you, you know, and, and it's, it, it, people say, Oh, you know, they say to me all the time, you know, one of the things I like is that you're honest and you'll talk about the L's on there. But I think I have to, because I think it helps me, you know, become a better person in the hobby, right? Become a better dealer in the hobby, become a better collector in the hobby, become a better everything in the hobby, because I'm just able to talk it through and it makes me, you know, think it back through and how I'm going to put it out there, you know, for the listeners to understand. Right. And, uh, you know, it helps me make better decisions in the hobby, you know, so in keeping with my plan, uh, this week, I sent off five orders to PSA, uh, over 150 cards, uh, some baseball, a lot of football, some women's soccer, some pop culture, you know, something for every season between now and August. I have some cards I'm waiting to come in. You know, it's it's the uh, 24th. If I can, if they, I know this uh, PSA deal ends at the end of the month, if I can get 10 or more of those cards in before the end of the month, I'll send another order off. But, you know, sending that many cards to PSA, you know, when I, I drive that box over to the post office, I hand it to them. I come right home and I look it up on the computer and I leave it open on the computer. I leave a window open on the computer and I'm refreshing every few hours. And I don't ever relax until at 10 a.m. this morning when it says, oh, good news, your your package was delivered to PSA. I'm like, whew, thank goodness it's there, right? Now I only have to worry about it getting getting home from there with all the graded cards in it. Uh, and speaking of PSA, I just uh, I got a card back yesterday from PSA that I sent out, um, and I this card was posted on my Instagram, and I talked about acquiring this uh, at the Fenway show. So it's the 2017 uh, Upper Deck Diamond Club, the Wayne Gretzky Auto, 17 to 30. So if you're on YouTube, I'll hold it up. It just came back, came back a PSA 8. Uh, and on this card, I knew there were edge issues. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be a 9, but I think an 8 is solid for this card. It's a pop 1. Uh, so really excited about this card. Uh, I'll be taking this... Uh, taking this with me to uh to atlanta this weekend and speaking of atlanta traveling right the culture collision this weekend traveling down to atlanta i'm arriving there early very early friday morning uh table number is 4b seat 11 not sure what that means but that's what they tell me and if you're down there, come find me, say hello. I'm going to be set up with uh, Craig and Carmine the, uh, from Crosstown Cardboard Podcast. Uh, Craig at New York City Sports Cards, Carmine at Carmine's Cards. So we've planned this. Uh, we're super excited for this. We're getting ready to meet up. I, I see Craig because he's here in New York. I see him at a lot of shows. Carmine, this will only be the second time I uh, saw him um, 
in uh, met him for the first time at the National, and uh, this will be my second time hanging out with him again. So looking forward to that. Uh, Friday, I plan to do some shopping before the show starts. Uh, my goals, right? Putting goals together for the weekend. Going to be looking for raw cards to grade, you know, on the dealer side of it, digging through some boxes, going through cases. Um, I personally broke out a few big cards, dusted them off to put in the case, in my case. Uh, some of these cards I haven't haven't seen the light of day since the Nationals. So this will be the first time out, you know, back out at a show since then. So, and I like, you know, I go to these bigger shows. I like to break out, you know, some bigger cards for bigger shows. Uh, I'm going to continue to search for my re remaining five 2012 NECA Hunger Games cards needed to complete that set, those uh, on-card autos. You know, and with my women's soccer PC, I'll definitely be looking for some cards there. I, the beautiful thing about that is those prices are way down now, and I'm getting a lot of good deals uh, on cards. I'm super excited about that. Uh, Saturday night, I'll be at Cards HQ. Uh, that's Jeff Wilson's new store. They're having a trade night. I'm going to be at the trade night Friday night. So if you're there, find me. I will be there as well. And Sunday, uh, heading home Sunday, I planned it that I'll be home in Connecticut for the AFC Championship game kickoff. So I'll be home for that game. Uh, I didn't. I knew, you know. Of course, bought these this airfare, you know, a few months ago uh, when I planned on going to this show. And I looked up the football schedule because I knew it would be playoff weekend. And I said, AFC, NFC championship game. And I knew those started, started at three o'clock. So I said, best case scenario, my Chiefs are in that game. So I will uh, I will uh, plan accordingly to be home uh, for that game, not to miss it. So more that that's it for today. But more than likely, I will drop the next episode. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get an episode out Sunday night from Monday morning. So I'm probably uh, Monday's episode will come either Monday night, uh, probably Monday night at the latest Tuesday morning. So again, if you're uh, if you're in Atlanta, culture collision, come find me, message me. Uh, if you're down there, I'll come find you, um, say hello. We'll hang out. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.